This is the marketing podcast for financial advisors with Claire Aiken. Claire is the founder of Indigo Marketing Agency, a full-service marketing firm tailored specifically to financial advisors. She delivers complete proven marketing strategies with a minimum investment of your time. And now, here's Claire. All right. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about websites for financial advisors. And we have a special guest, Brandon Brown from FMG Suite. He is the vice president of product design and creative with FMG Suite. And if you don't know, I used to work at FMG Suite and he was my boss and he's just a fantastic (laughs) person. He taught me a lot about management, about design and just about life. And so I'm really happy to have him here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Claire. And it's good to talk to you again. Yeah. And so one of the interesting things about Brandon is he has a deep background, not only in website design and creative, but also he probably knows more than anybody in our industry about website design for financial advisors. He headed up designing the C2C tool, which is the big marketing platform for Satira advisors. And he's uh, been on the team with FMD Suite for many, many years designing their platform and has built out and supervised the builds of thousands of financial advisors' websites. I think that's exactly what my LinkedIn portfolio or, uh, profile says too. It says many, many years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I wasn't, wasn't ready to do the math here this morning, but that's okay. <laughs> and, and I believe he can speak Spanish as well. So he's an all-around fantastic resource for us. <laughs> So today we just want to walk through, um, you know, some things about websites and tell advisors what, you know, what they should consider when they're choosing a site. What are the options available? You know, what do they need to be thinking about? Because we know that most financial advisors are busy running their business, you know, talking to clients, doing financial planning and, you know, web design is not necessarily their expertise. So I just want to welcome Brandon and let's touch base about, you know, what are you most excited about personally this year? What's going on in your life? Besides the day-to-day life of my kids, um, which is exciting, I have this pile of wood in my garage. It's a bunch of cherry and a bunch of uh, purple heart wood, which is like this purple wood. And it's been begging to be turned into a desk for a few months. I've been letting it acclimate to the, the like humidity climate of my house. And so I'm turning it into a desk for my, for my wife. Um, and I've been really looking forward to diving into building that. So I've been kind of hand designing it um, up to this point. So I've got notepads and notepads of uh, little sketches um, and then a, a huge Pinterest board. <laughs> um, as you know, Claire, I do a ton of woodworking. So I've been kind of putting it on hold for a few months. And so I've been really itching to dive back into a big project. And so that desk will be one. It'll be, uh, it'll be pretty nice. That is so cool. That's such a neat hobby. And I know you're probably strapped for time. Brandon has two little girls. Like I have two little girls. My mm-hmm. husband, right when our first baby was born, bought a 1970 Chevy pickup truck and put it in our garage because he was going to restore it. And I don't think anything has changed on that truck in the two years. So that's a 2020 goal for him. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you really looking forward to? And where are the biggest opportunities that you see for financial advisors um, from a marketing perspective at this time? Yeah, and and I know that you know we're focusing on um, websites today, and I, I definitely think there's a ton of opportunities for financial advisors this year when it comes to websites. Um, but I think there are definitely also some huge opportunities for advisors in the email marketing arena. A lot of advisors haven't dove into that, and it's a great communication tool and a great way to kind of um, steadily connect with their folks um, and ideally drive traffic back to their website through them. But but just to simply communicate. The other thing that we've been talking a lot about um, around here a lot is really just making advisors really great at holding events. 
So we know a lot of advisors and, and maybe some of the folks listening are really great at, at events, but some aren't and haven't kind of cracked that nut just yet. So that's something that I think is really important for advisors um, to focus on. And, and as far as new opportunities, um, it's kind of shoring up some of those classics. Um, but of course, if they don't have an incredible website um, that that reflects on them really well, that's a major opportunity as well. And just to kind of connect some of those dots, Claire, some of the stuff that we're working on over here is expanding the event kits that we provide advisors with. So basically giving them a kit to create, host, and promote an event. And a lot of that ties back to using your website as a tool to, to do that. Yeah, I totally agree. I was on the phone yesterday with an advisor who was interested in doing social media marketing and Facebook ads and webinars. And I said, okay, cool. What's, where's your website? Let me check out your site. And he says, oh, well, I don't have a website. I said, well, are you doing an email marketing? No. I said, okay, we need to go back to the basics here, yep. back to the foundation because it's really important to lay the foundation before you get more aggressive and get more advanced. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So why are websites so important? We always talk about it. You know, it's kind of the hub of an advisor's marketing system. Why are they, you know, the most important foundational piece? Yeah. I mean, at the core, I think the most important role that a website plays for an advisor and really kind of any service professional is people are going to use it to research you. Um, so when they Google you, they're going to find your website, they're going to visit it. And within a few seconds, they're going to pass some amount of judgment on the quality of your company based on the, the way that that site looks, the way it communicates, the messages that it's presenting. I think a lot of times when an advisor thinks about a website, they're thinking, you know, 10 pages deep in that website. And so they're really filling out a website, which can be important. But what can get left on the shelf is that first impression. And I think that's the biggest value of a website is that first impression. It either confirms what somebody thinks about you or it, it shifts their mind to think about you a little bit differently. Um, and in either case, a, a good design and, and a good message um, that looks modern and most importantly, really professional wins the day in either of those scenarios. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the two second test. When you jump on someone's homepage in two seconds, can you tell who they are and what they do? Um, and for a lot of advisors out there, you can't, you know, you go to their website and there's some um, kind of abstract language or, um, you know, photo photography that doesn't necessarily, you know, have any relevancy to what they do. And so it's really important to put front and center and that top real estate on your homepage, you know, who do you serve? How do you help them? You know, what do you do? Um, and so I'm always encouraging advisors to embrace that. That's what I love about the way that you work with advisors is you have an advantage that, that I don't have, which is you're spending, you know, day after day with them working on kind of the front lines of, of the execution of that stuff. So it's good to hear kind of what you're saying there. It, it confirms a lot of what we're well, we're at FMG Suite kind of building as, as an architecture to make things like that possible, a website building tools to make that possible. But, you know, there's always that anxiety of like, okay, we build these tools. What happens next? You know, and I'm glad the people that are working with you are working with you. You can kind of lead a horse to water, but if, if, it's, if we're not drinking it, nothing's really happening there. So, so kudos to you on that. Thank you. Yeah. And I recommend FMG Suite all the time um, to the advisors that come to me and ask, you know, who should I work with? There's only a, a few big players in the website arena for independent advisors. And I would say FMG Suite is probably the leader. One of the huge advantages, um, if you don't know, is that FMG Suite has compliance integrations with all of the large independent broker dealers. So what this means is that instead of submitting content to compliance and then having to make the changes and then having to upload it to your website, they actually have a dashboard. So 
You submit your your compliance um, information through your website. And as soon as you make a change to your site, it automatically is sent to compliance. And when compliance approves it, then it's automatically live on your site. And so it's such a time saver for us. And it's so easy for advisors. So if you're with one of the larger broker dealers, I definitely recommend looking into seeing if there's a compliance integration. Because if there is, there's no uh, need to look any further uh, from a perspective of where to go with your site, I think FMG is is definitely the best option for you. You know, I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what's new and exciting in the website world? You know, a lot of advisors haven't been looking into different sites. Maybe they updated their site five years ago, and they know it's time for an update now. But, you know, what's changed? What's different? Yeah, and and I'll speak even broadly, just a, a little bit. Outside of FMG Suite, one of the things that's that's a major trend, and, and it, it didn't used to be the standard, but the general trend is that websites are easier to edit now. Most, not all, but most website providers inside and outside the industry have made it pretty easy to edit your website. There's definitely some that are easier than others, and for us, that's a major focus. But that that's a big trend for all the advisors out there listening should be a confidence builder regardless of how you're getting your website built. It, it doesn't mean that it's not a lot of work, um, and it is nice to delegate that. But generally speaking, it used to be that websites are really sort of inaccessible to anybody other than a developer. Um, so that allows you to jump in and make quick changes and stuff like that. There's the kind of the big, like, um, like sort of the elephant in the room, and it depends if this is new to you or not. But mobile tablet friendliness continues to be a major issue, um, and it's pretty much ubiquitous across the industry that any website built um, is going to be compatible in those spaces. And that's going to be key. And for any advisors out there who have a website that's, you know, maybe more than five or certainly more than 10 years old, it probably is not mobile friendly. A new website is pretty much guaranteed to, to have that today. Right. And there's a couple of reasons for that, right? So the, the most obvious reason um, is that, you know, when someone comes to your site from a tablet, we know that more than 50% of traffic comes to advisor sites from mobile devices. Right. Um, and so, of course, we want to provide a good experience for people who are coming to your site to consume information. But the other reason is that Google gives preferential treatment to people with mobile responsive sites. So if your site is not mobile responsive, you're not coming high up as high in search results as you could be. Yep, exactly. Um, the other thing is, is there's the whole um, SSL security uh, expectations from websites. Um, this is really driven by companies like Google insisting that websites meet certain security requirements um, in order to uh, to rank well, but also to uh, avoid getting labeled um, at the top of the browser as a not secure website. So that's something that we swept through all of our websites, uh, I think at this point is over a year ago, to make sure that they all had SSL certificates. And so that's something you're going to want to watch out for and maybe look at your own website um, to make sure that it's marked as secure, which is a little, a nice little lock up in the uh, address bar in your web browser next to your website URL. Yeah. So, so if you haven't done so already, go to your website, check out the upper left corner. And if you're getting a warning that says this site is not secure, you definitely need to make a change because not only is it actually a, you know, a low level security risk in that hackers could intercept information on your site if it's not secure, but it's an incredibly bad credibility uh, indicator yeah. when somebody comes to a financial site and it says it's not secure. So yeah. it's definitely, you know, it's a quick fix. It's something easy to update, but you're definitely going to want to make change and make your site secure. I'll add one more thing that's kind of new, if, if, if I could toss in there. I mentioned the, the event um, kits and that sort of thing. And that's something that we're focusing on building tools on people's websites to promote um, just general events and like little um, 
templates for like a wine and cheese party. And so like a nice like a landing page for that or a, a bourbon tasting party and things like that. The other stuff that's new in our neck of the woods is the ability to feature things like ebooks and quizzes, um, which can be really nice lead generation tools and to be able to kind of just with a single click, turn those on on people's websites. So that's something in the kind of the neck of the woods of financial advisors that's new in the industry that's pretty cool that most um, people don't have access to unless they're an FMG Suite customer. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I, I get questions all the time from advisors, you know, what should I look for when selecting a website platform? And I always tell them, you know, it's important to, first of all, think about your compliance relationship, mm-hmm. like we talked about. Second of all, make sure that you're working with somebody who's familiar with our industry. For example, it's required that advisors have a broker check button on their website. Right. If you went with a local web designer that um, isn't familiar with our industry, they may not know that. And so it's um, critically important to work with people that are familiar with the industry that build sites for advisors that are experienced doing so. Um, so walk us through, you know, when you're when advisors are selecting a website, what should they consider today? Yeah. And I think what you touched on, that's huge. Like all those things are really important to elaborate on that. I would encourage people to kind of look at their website and, and think about it like their home. Like, so you've purchased a home and what type of homeowner do you want to be? Do you want to be a homeowner that's hosting people at your house all the time? Um, uh, are you, do you want to be the uh, the most kind of handsome uh, house on the block? Are you just trying to keep up with the other houses on the block so that you aren't the black sheep on the street? Um, are you just looking for a place where when folks stop by, it's accommodating and it's easy, but it's nothing more than that to you? It, it's These are all different types of homeowners to be. In my book, they're all okay. Like they all work. That's a great analogy. I would add, you know, are you somebody that's going to do all your home repairs? Or are you going to have, you know, a gardener yes. and a maid? Um, and yep. so that's important to consider how easy do you need your platform to be to make updates? Yes. Um, and who's going to be making those updates? Yep. So that's kind of an interesting way like to ask the question then. And then from there, then, then I think it becomes fairly straightforward in weighing website vendors and that sort of thing. I, I, I would actually encourage an advisor to kind of do that mental exercise before talking to somebody, particularly a salesperson who's going to be very educational, but also very focused on the value of their product to sit and either work with, consult with a marketing professional or just do that exercise themselves. Say, okay, you know what? I actually just want a website where I can promote my events, or I want a website where people can research all about me, or I want a website that just has my phone number and address because this is my first website. Once you kind of know that you want that, it's okay to change your mind down the road, but I think it helps you enter a conversation of, is this uh, is this person that I'm talking to, are they offering something that scratches that itch for me? Um, the type of homeowner that I want to be um, or website owner. That's kind of the way I would approach it. There's also just the standards of how, how high quality is the person you're partnering with to build your website? Do they have a good reputation? Are other people having a good experience with them? Or are we kind of out on the wild west as far as kind of website providers or, or website builders? Um, and I would push people to move towards the middle and rely on kind of the experience of people like yourself or FMD Suite um, to pull some of this off or a similar vendor. Right. Yeah. I, I love that advice. And a, a few tips that I give advisors as well when I'm talking to them and I'm trying to guide them in the right direction for their website is, you know, don't overthink it too much. Um, perfectionism mm-hmm. is the enemy of getting your website launched. Yes, I will tell yes. you that, you know, you really need to update your site every two to three years. I just updated my site last year and we're probably going to update it again next year. It's a living, breathing entity that will never be exactly perfect and it'll never be finished. And so I wouldn't spend more than 30 days on a website, um, you know, get it to the sure. point that you're happy with it, that you launch it and you can always update it later. 
um, because I see so many advisors get stuck on these website design projects that are never going to make them any money. You know, the mm-hmm. quality of your website, um, it, it needs to have, meet a certain quality level, but it's never going to make the sale for you. Um, and the other thing I would say is recognize that your website is just a place for people to learn about you and should leave them wanting more. So you don't want a website that's 75 pages deep where people get overwhelmed or tired or exhausted and never set an appointment. You want it just to pique their interest and give them an easy way to get in touch with you and start the conversation. Um, So kind of simplifying your site and not overthinking it, um, I think is a good way to go about that. Yeah. Let me share something with you that's kind of adjacent to that is, you know, we, we actually just rebuilt our own company website, fmgsuite.com. And it really couples when we redesign it and kind of decide what information was going to be on there. I found myself trying to remind folks, hey, everybody that, that works with our company at some point talks to a marketing specialist here. We don't have to overeducate folks. We're, this website is in the business of doing some light education and, uh, and, and really it's not selling websites or marketing tools. It's selling conversations with a marketing specialist. And, and I think that that's true for a financial advisor's website. Yeah. Well, I want to switch to kind of a harder question for you, okay. Brandon. So one of the concerns I get when I recommend FMG Suite to advisors um, who I think it would be a good fit for is they say, well... Um, you know, FMG Suite is one of the leaders right now. They have so many advisors on their platform. I don't want a site like every other advisor. Right. I don't want a cookie cutter site. And what I say to them is, um, and you may have a different answer, is I say, well, you know, you want to think about the way that an average consumer experiences your website. You know, you may be going to all the top financial advisor websites and comparing them, but an average consumer or an average person that needs a financial advisor is probably not going to visit more than one or two websites of advisors in their area. And because there's so many different themes with FMG Suite, the chances of another advisor in your area having the exact same website theme as you is almost, you know, almost non-existent. And so think of it from the consumer's perspective. You know, if they go to a website that, you know, looks credible, looks trustworthy, looks professional, you know, that's, those are the nails that we need to hit. We don't need to make your website, uh, you know, look different from every other financial advisor on the planet or reinvent the wheel. Um, but I just want to get your thoughts on kind of that question or that concern. Yeah. I mean, we, when we rolled into the industry eight years ago, we obviously had zero websites out there. At this point, you know, we are number one in market share. At the same time, we are also number one in customer satisfaction. This is, this is not like a, this is an independent study from Morningstar. And part of that, you know, growing from, you know, startup to uh, front runner um, has been trying to chase that dragon that you're describing because it, it is there is the potential of a real problem there of like, OK, if we weren't on the ball about it, we could really set people up to 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 have that experience. But fortunately, chasing that dragon from day one has been a, a big priority for us. So like, how do we make sure that the advisors have different looking websites, different experiences so that we never put them in that pickle? We do not get the feedback. Hey, um, I saw so and so's website, uh, or or a customer saw, of mine saw saw my website, and they saw another, and then they knew that I was using a website provider. That's just not something that really happens because of the exposure that you're talking about. As much as you know, we are the number one in market share. As true as that is. There are so many financial advisors out there. I would love to say that we were so successful <laughs> that, uh, that that we could really create that problem. But they're really, I mean, uh, between kind of the different um, 
the captive uh, advisors out there um, at wirehouses and the, and the independents out there, it's a huge market. So it really just doesn't happen in practice. And we chase that with new designs and have people on staff whose job is to make iterations every time they build a new website with that in mind. Right. Yeah. And, and just to get the advisors out there, some idea of the customization, customization that takes place is, you know, first of all, you choose one of these different themes. Right. And so you know, there's, you know, dozens of different themes that you could choose from. And then we're going to customize the site to your logo and your colors. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to choose photography for you. And then we're going to choose, you know, to put your niche front and center. And so, you know, there's, there's almost no chance that a consumer could recognize your site as similar to another advisor site once it's said, you know, once it's polished and it's finished and it's customized for you. Yeah. So um, if that's concerning you, so I recommend just taking a look at some of the sample sites out there on fmjsuite.com. And also, yep. um, I will say that I love all of the new themes that you guys have come out with. And so if you are a an FMG Suite customer who has built their site years ago, I recommend taking a look at some of the newer themes because they make it really easy to upgrade and to just kind of update the look and feel of your site. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the biggest mistakes you're seeing advisors making uh, when it comes to their websites? I mean, I love the point that you brought up earlier about kind of aiming for perfection. I understand we work with so many advisors who are kind of coming in and saying, all right, cool, it's time to rebuild my website. And this is a big moment. And so they want to get everything right. They want to rewrite every single you know page deep on the website because I think in their mind, they're thinking, I'm not going to come back to this. This is... I want to get this done and then I want to come back in three years and revisit this. And so they end up spending, you know, they, the life happens and, and they end up spending something like 60 days instead of, I love your recommendation of 30. And they're just stringing it along when, when that point that I brought up earlier about websites being easy to edit and people like yourself or like our service team members are available to help them iterate on the site um, a little bit at a time, but get some, just getting a new website and a new homepage out there is only, you know, 25% of the work, but it's 80% of the value. If I could be heard in one aspect on this podcast, it would be that don't think you have to do it all at once. There's a lot of wisdom in getting something out there and then iterating on it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I would love to see if there's data and maybe I'll dig it up for a blog post of my own of, you know, what percentage of traffic um, goes to each page on an advisor site? Because I would think it, like you said, the kind of the Pareto principle of 80% of your traffic is going to come to your homepage. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of traffic is going to go to the page that describes, um, you know, you or your Your team. team. And then maybe there's some straggler traffic on some of the other pages. And so that's really probably where you should focus your effort um, and your time is on, you know, the top most visited pages. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being part of the podcast, Brandon. It was great to speak with you. I hope the advisors listening got a lot of value. And if you have any questions, you can uh, contact FMG Suite. Uh, You can reach out with the show notes below. And good luck with uh, building your desk. I think that's going to be a great project. I can't wait to see pictures. Thank you very much, Claire. If you'd like any resources from today's episode or from other episodes, go to indigomarketingagency.com slash remember. It's hard to forget that address, indigomarketingagency.com slash remember. 